Welcome to Video and Vino. I'm Chris, and this is my wife. I am the wife. That doesn't have a name? You don't have a name? I don't know. You didn't give me one. I, I was letting you introduce yourself. Oh. Welcome <laughs> to Video and Vino. <laughs> I am Chris. I'm Kaylin. That's my wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is our second episode. We we recorded an episode, but I decided I hated it, so yeah. we never put it out. Our producers didn't like it, so it got scrubbed. Yeah. So sorry. It was um it was to the person a... that recorded with us. I'm so so sorry. Yeah, and was... when this is over, you are totally invited back for one that you can be on. Well, for reals. The, the here here's the thing. The, <laughs> the whole idea behind video and vino is I think I said it during the Groundhog Day episode was that uh, I had this list of movies that I love and you were like, I will watch these movies with you and do a podcast. I guess if I'm allowed to drink wine, that's basically the origin story. The thing is, is the second movie we watched, which was three amigos, the lost episode. uh, (laughs) It's, it's one I enjoy three amigos, but I don't love it. I'm not passionate about it at all. So whenever we were watching it and anytime you'd had any gripes about it or critiques or anything, I'd be like, yeah, but, I don't really care. Like it just, there was no passion on my part for it. So the whole episode got scrapped. Whole, it was an ego project, and my ego is rampant. Apparently, we Um, can take care of that. So, (laughs) so we we have a list of movies like that we wrote down, and I asked her, I asked Kaylin, like, hey, which one of these would you want to watch? And she was looking at the list today, and she started to say. Okay, out of these three, which would you choose? And I almost immediately cut her off and said, Batman Forever. Just just because. And then she said, Cowboys and Aliens, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, or Batman Forever. <laughs> and I decided, Hot dog. we're watching Batman Forever. So now, the, the, the best way to describe this movie. So, Kaylin and I have been together for 11 years Jesus now. Christ. 11 wonderful years. All my 20s. All the 20s. <laughs> now, the first summer we were together, whenever we first started dating, uh, I made her watch a movie called The Spirit. Uh, and I said to her before we watched The Spirit, I don't need you to necessarily like this movie. I just need you to understand that I wholeheartedly love this movie and accept that. This movie is now called The Relationship Test. Yep. I passed. Honey, (laughs) Batman Forever. I don't necessarily need you (laughs) to enjoy this movie. I just need you to understand that I wholeheartedly love this movie. Got it. And accept that. It's cool. (laughs) Like... You you thought I loved the spirit, and I do love the spirit. You do Batman Forever uh, is a very special movie to me, and I'm going to explain why it's a special movie before you watch it, just so to uh-huh. blow blow your brain. This is the first <laughs> movie that I got fully into. Like I read all the mar- the magazine articles about it leading up to it. You know, I was reading interviews and things like that. I was like invested. You were reading. I was reading. Oh my god! Um, I'd followed like the <laughs> soundtrack. It was one of the first soundtracks I bought. 
but um, can't recognize a song by its first lines. We're not discussing that right now. We'll discuss <laughs> that later. Uh, we uh, it, it 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 was it was very much like my movie that I was serious about mm -hmm. and I was 14. So I was really start. That was around when I was starting to get into the idea of loving filmmaking and everything. And this was that movie. This was that movie that crossed me over where I was like, I love filmmaking as an art. And this is, this is the movie that I chose to represent that. I want to say all that before you watch this movie and try to figure out huh, why. I mean, I know you and I know mm -hmm. what you're into. I'd like to think. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll see. So, so uh, what, do you, what do you know about Batman Forever? It's not uh, George Clooney. Uh, <laughs> oh, I should have been mentioned before. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Clooney's only in... Clooney is only in one. Clooney is only in Batman and Robin. <gasps> Val Kilmer is only in Batman Forever. Okay. Yep. I... Learn something today. Mm -hmm. Michael Keaton <laughs> is in Batman and Batman Returns. Notice no, Michael Keaton's in Spider Man. No, Batman and 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 Birdman. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, usually, with like a series like this, because this is technically Batman Three, people usually watch Batman, then Batman Returns, and then Batman Forever. I just skipped to Forever because it is like a fresh start type thing, okay. and also because I'm ridiculously passionate about it which this is this is spirit pre spirit okay in fact i'm drinking out of a batman forever glass right now i mean you are talking to a woman who also loves a movie that came out around this time that many other that also movies. had a great soundtrack oh, amazing soundtrack mm -hmm. a soundtrack that is currently in my car right now and i could put it on on any ride that anyone <laughs> dates with me that, that movie uh, space jam go yes, ahead and yes, say that yes space jam okay for Fuck anyone actually listening to this, uh, if you if you actually listen to this or go to the Twitters or anything, um, that, that's a good debate because I don't think there might be a wrong answer to that. What's the better soundtrack, Batman Forever or Space Jam? Space I Jam. Think, mm, I would say Batman Forever. You would, but you'd be wrong. Okay. America, we leave it to you. Okay. I international country, too, if we have some. Like we have Wait, okay, so name like Australia. five artists on the Batman Forever soundtrack. Seal, PJ Harvey, Who? U2, Flaming Lips, Soul, uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Okay, so are any of those bands actually people right now? Because U2. Yeah. And? Seal. What's the last song Seal made? Kiss from a Rose. That's the only one he had them make. That was 30 years ago. 25. <laughs> okay, because, you know, we are talking... Space Jam. How many songs from Space Jam are there? There's Space Jam. There's 14. But Do you want the whole How many? How many are actually no? Let's not get into this. <laughs> how many? Uh, how many artists are currently still popular from the Space Jam soundtrack? Well, I, I think, would argue R, R. Kelly cancels them all out. Well, he's still popular by definition. <laughs> he still turns up in a lot of news articles. He does turn up not for his music. He often is currently. trendy. Yes. Yeah, he is still trending. He actually had a song on the other Batman soundtrack, but not did for Gotham and City. Um, but yeah, so we definitely rented that tape from the library. I am also dating myself. But <laughs> I so remember renting that from the library. <laughs> so the only thing you really know about Batman Forever is that it has Chris O'Donnell in it. Yes, he plays Robin D. Callan. Got it. Because yep, we watch a lot of NCIS Los Angeles reruns on uh, Ion Television. Yes. Um, and that's it. You're going in blind. You, do you know who the villain is or played by? Two-Face? 
Two Face is one of the villains. Yes. Yeah. Do you know who plays him? I want to say Tommy Lee Jones. You are right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know who the other villain is? Jim Carrey's Riddler. Yes, you yes. are right. Is that because you were just looking at the DVD case? No. That. No, I, it actually isn't. Okay, okay. No, Kristen and I used to talk about it a lot. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah, we're gonna go away and watch Batman Forever. Yay! <laughs> another relationship test movie. Oh gosh. And uh, we'll see if we're still married <laughs> afterwards. Ooh. Now, like I said, I don't need you necessarily to like this movie. I just need you to understand that I love this movie I, <laughs> and accept I that. think maybe it might be important, possibly before we watch, for you to also put the context into why we are watching this, what's going on in the world, because for posterity, should anyone oh, yeah, listen the world's to ending. this? The world's ending right now. <laughs> this might be the last podcast you ever listened to. Thanks for choosing us. Uh, we know you have your choice of podcast to listen to. And uh, we're glad you chose this one. Um, wow. We're, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. We're sort of self-isolating. We're Because we, um. it's not like a mandatory. It, it's basically we're not being told to lock down. We're basically being told like, hey, don't be a douche. Don't yeah. get other people sick. If you have to go get groceries, make it quick. Wear a mask. You know, wear a mask. Yeah. You know, wear gloves. Be socially distant and all that good stuff because there's uh, a COVID-19 it's uh it's been been a crazy time right I just you know might be important for us a little earmark Mm -hmm. to remember this episode and where our minds were Mm -hmm. while watching this 25 wonderful year old wonderful Batman film um I I do think I do need to point out one thing about this movie before you see it which is that uh you haven't seen Batman or Batman Returns, correct? The Tim Burton ones with Michael Keaton? Uh-huh. I don't think you have, because I remember one time you tried to do an impression <laughs> of Jack Nicholson's Penguin, mm. and it sounded like uh, yep. Nicolas Cage. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, okay. so <laughs> what I, the one thing I do want to point out about this movie, as far as whenever it came out, uh, the backlash against Batman Returns was insane. Because uh, it was... I mean, I've lived through Star Wars backlash and... Well, this this was more sensible backlash because uh, it's it's supposed to be... It's a comic book movie. It's supposed to be very fun and high-flying and things. And that's... Comic book movies are kind of more divisive now as far as like, no, we want to be really grim and gritty versus... Or the Marvel movies, which are like fun and high-flying or whatever. Um, Batman was pretty dark. But then Batman Returns was more Wait, like... a Tim Burton film was dark? I know, it's crazy. Gas. It's crazy. Um, Clutch the pearls. I know. But Batman... And Re- then scatter them all over Prime oh, Alley. Prime Alley, that's right. <laughs> Batman Returns was darker. Um, it's fun. Batman Returns is, I think, a really good movie. But uh, it was kind of a little bit more... It, it leaned into its PG-13 a lot. Okay. Like they had... Uh, for instance, one time whenever Catwoman came to visit Penguin, his response to seeing her was, Aha! Just the pussy I wanted to see! Because he's vulgar and crude and everything. And they had Happy Meal toys. And parents did not like this disgusting-looking penguin being a Happy Meal toy their kids could buy. So whenever they went back to make Batman Forever, the third Batman movie, they were like, can we lighten it up some? And Joel Schumacher said, hold my Chardonnay. <laughs> and he lightened it up some. So I just want you to point that out. So it's more like Adam West. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. I've watched Adam West. You've watched Adam West? Okay. Yeah. So, cool. Now, we're going to go watch the movie and okay. see if we're still married at the end. See if it's bigger, baddier, and better, which is on the back of the DVD, literally in bold type. Bigger, bigger baddier, and better. Uh, I won't give it better, but I will definitely give it bigger and baddier. <laughs> Yeah, there and well, no, no, the big bat I think got cut out of it. I don't think the big bat is in the movie, but there was a big bat in a deleted scene. Okay, so we're gonna go watch the movie now. Be right back. Okay, okay and we're back now. The first thing I'm gonna point out is that there's a very important thing I didn't tell her before we watched this movie, which was I had made the comment about it being like the spirit where, you know, I need you to understand that I love this movie. The other important thing about this movie to me is as a, as a, a kid, 14 year old, fully invested, read all the articles, watched every interview I could find about the movie before it came out. Super excited. I loved Tim Burton's movies at that time. What I learned from this movie is one, there's a difference between a producer and a director <laughs> clearly this is like whenever i went to see it i was like this doesn't feel like a tim burton movie and it turned out oh it says directed by joel schumacher i don't know who that is and so i started learning about that kind of stuff uh the most important thing i learned about it though is after i bought it and watched it several times on vhs after it came out on vhs do you buy it with your own money uh i don't i think i think i either use my allowance or i got my mom to buy it for me or good grades or something like that you had an allowance maybe i don't remember uh, 25 years ago <laughs> so it was the movie but uh <laughs> but what i do remember though is after watching it several times being like did i did i buy a movie that's not good is this is this not a good movie i mean it's bad man so it's good right that's whenever i learned the importance of movies being fun because I decided, no, I can't, in good conscience, even at age 14, call this a good movie. But, man. You were probably 15 by the VHS release. No, I was still 14. It came out in okay. the uh, fall of 95. Uh. Um, and I, I learned by that point that, no, it's... it's. Guess what K-Hawk was doing in the fall of 95? Being five. Being five. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's whenever I realized, I started kind of differentiating between a movie. A movie doesn't necessarily have to be good. If it's fun, that gives it some value too. And I assume I had a lot of fun watching it just now. Uh, I, I saw you make a page full of notes. <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping there was some fun there. Um, I guess first, like I have on my little list of thingies, my little cheat sheet, plot summary, which was something we really didn't do for Groundhog Day. was Groundhog Day and Groundhog yeah. Day again. The plot summary for Batman Forever is best, easiest to say is, Batman is having bad dreams that are very ill-defined in the movie and he doesn't want to be Batman anymore for some reason. Riddler becomes obsessed with him because he gets fired or he, not even because he gets fired, but just because Bruce doesn't want to on-site sponsor his, his research stuff. Maybe we don't really know how Ed Nigma gets into Wayne Corp and what the whole, we, we know that Bruce hired him personally, <laughs> though he's never met him. So I, I don't, I, I don't really know that. That how that really works. Um, we know that Ed is some sort of technological genius. Mm -hmm. However, he might be a little 
um, obsessive skewed mm-hmm. <laughs> towards the what, what, what was the technical term wacko yes. side mm-hmm. so there's that uh but bruce is very much still a businessman so when they first meet it's you know hey you're a little bit too risky like if this was shark tank it'd be like hey this is too risky for me i'm out yes. but this is 95 so. yes yes and it and, and, yeah he says that too like he's like yeah i don't really i i I like the idea, but you know, there's too much. Run rest. it by my secretary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Batman fights Riddler and Two Face. Robin comes in at some point and gets captured. It's about that's the that's the plot. Um, so, honey, what did you think? Well, before we go into your notes. <laughs> well, we're still married. We are still Plus married. <laughs> Was it okay? Um. I'm going to preface my thoughts. Oh, how many refills did you have to do also? Uh, t- two. Two? Two refills? T- yeah. Two re- so I started with the full glass. And I know we paused it at least twice. twice. Yeah. So two okay. refills. Okay. So what, yeah. did you, what did you think? <laughs> I Okay. So like I said, prefacing this um, by the fact that I – for those of you who do not know us or are listening without any context to who we are or our relationship, um, my lovable husband and I are some years apart. Um, I fucking love Space Jam. Like, I think that Space Jam is just a flawless movie and you cannot convince me otherwise and if you think you can please submit a comment and or video or whatever Mm -hmm. on the instagram twitter's facebook whatever i mean i unconditionally unequivocally unapologetically love space jam like i think that that movie holds up i have it on blu-ray i have the soundtrack currently in my car um, like not streaming or anything mm-hmm. i have this hard disc on me at all times ready to slam and jam mm-hmm. um, so uh i could see how someone with out a space jam could fall into this movie you're saying this is my space jam yeah (laughs) i'm saying it it definitely definitely has flaws but if i were to have seen it at 14 or 10 or 5 and being a batman fan too and and being a batman Batman fan, fan i i i could see however I am not. (laughs) I uh, saw it when I was 30. (laughs) I saw it in the wake of Dark Knight and Marvel films and serious superheroes. Yeah, Batman v Superman. I saw it after, you know, we had the super gritty dark Teen Titans and then we had Teen Titans Go, which tried to lighten it. And I saw it after, um, you know, Batman and Batman Beyond. And, you know, we have to get to know Dick after we knew Terry. And then there's just so many things going in to this one that I unfortunately can't just buy in to this Batman because I have already sold parts of myself <laughs> to other batman <laughs> to other you sold yourself to batman i did I i'm did. gonna tell catwoman i i sold myself to clooney i sold myself to 
Terry. I've sold myself to hopefully Zach Efron being Nightwing. Oh. <laughs> there are just so many iterations and versions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that were different and timely to where trying to go back to that time and pretend like this didn't happen. You know, it was it, difficult. You have other. Well, for whenever it came out, it, it was one of those also important milestones in knowing, like appreciating that there are different uh, versions of characters and things. Because yeah. uh, whenever this came out, that was whenever Batman the Animated Series was still on the air, which is for a lot of people, especially my age, the best version of Batman. Uh, it's the best version of the villains, the best version of the character, everybody. Um, and that includes Riddler and Two-Face. In, in that sh- series, in Batman the Animated Series, Riddler is a very, very calm, very cool, very collected, cocky, <laughs> arrogant, smart guy. Like, he's he's interesting. He's got the least tragic backstory of most of the big villains, I think. Well, and see, that's the other thing, too. Like I said, I, I'm growing up, or not growing up, but came up in this... Uh, Marvel cinematic type time where, you know, heroes have their time. We get their backstory. We get their call to adventure. We get their allies and their sidekicks. We get where they kind of slam into the big uh, conflict Mm -hmm. of their character. So watching a 90 minute or even 120 minute movie of where we just get Bruce as an adult and flashes of his childhood, it's kind of different because it's like, no, 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 you need to give me everything because I need to understand. Well, I mean, technically this was Batman 3, so they gave it to you in the first one. But it was a different actor. Yeah, but it was it's the same continuity. Yeah, but... It... <laughs> Our yeah. neighbors are super loud. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. But yeah, that, that's the thing. Is that This is... That's why... Like... like it's kind of like whenever uh, I brought you to see that the 2016 Turtles movie, like the Out of the Shadows, mm-hmm. which was technically a sequel. Made me cry. And um, yeah, and <laughs> which was technically a sequel. And I told a lot of people I recommended it to people. Yeah, go see Out of the Shadows. And they're like, oh, but I haven't seen the first one. And I'm like, you don't have to. Do you know who the, the Ninja Turtles are? <laughs> yeah. Do you know who the Ninja Turtles are? Yeah. Okay, cool. You're good to go. Like, you don't really need, as, as long as you know, this is Batman. His, his parents are dead. He dresses up like a bat. He's a millionaire. Yeah. His parents are dead. Yeah. <laughs> Pearls I, the alleyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crime alley. I, well, okay. So do you want to get into plot and then I'll get into my notes? Or? Well, I mean, plot was Batman does things. He does. Okay. So oh, my that, oh, sorry. That's what the other thing I was going to, one of the same thing I was going to say. As far as appreciating different versions of things. When I went to go see this the first time, I was really disappointed because Riddler in the, the TV show was very cocky and very cool calm collected and it's funny because even in the old adam west one the most campy version of everything batman Mm. it's like it's batman go um (laughs) that riddler was even more calm cool and collected than jim carrey like he even had moments okay so but two-face was also very in in the tv show was very tragic Mm. very sad voiced by richard mole who you've now seen play bull on Night Court. Yeah. He's actually a very good dramatic actor. My daddy um, met him. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, he should tell you that story. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, he was a very tragic character and very also very cool and collected and always calm. 
always calm. If if Two Face was mad, so, so not like <laughs> if Two Face was mad, you would hear and that's it. Like he would growl almost, like in his voice, and that's it. Mm. Um, but since you brought up what you just said or the sound you made, I will tell you my mom's reaction to this movie, which was that she didn't care for the Tim Burton Batman movies. They were because they were dark. They were dark, and that's gross because they were dark. And Batman Returns especially was dark. And I was like, oh, you'll like this one whenever I bought it on home video. And I was like, no, you'll really like this one. It's much lighter and more fun. And at one point, and I remember it was near the end of the movie. It was whenever Bruce got pinged in the side of the head and Riddler left the box by him. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, don't kill him. If you kill him, he won't learn nothing. And then they start cackling. And she points out, all they do is laugh. I was like, no, all. And she was like, all they do in this whole movie, Riddler and Two Face, is cackle. And I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> okay, now getting to your notes. I, I would just like to point out that I absolutely adore my mother-in-law. <laughs> I think that she is a lovely lady, and her taste. Was she wrong? <laughs> in in movies and actors are great for who she is and when she came up. That is mm-hmm. my I just, statement. I just, Record it and please yeah. I just think <laughs> let it's the record show that, that I said this. <laughs> after she said that, she I don't want to say ruined the movie for me, but from that point on, every time they laugh, I'm like, it's like a drinking game. But you would oh, die. Oh, God, you would die. You would die, you would die. so fast. <laughs> so fast. Okay, so let's get into some of your notes. Okay. Um, so literally the first note I made on my page uh, was – the Batmobile when they revealed it. Oh, um, that's my I, favorite Batmobile. Uh, <laughs> so my note says... I'm alone in that. I, I acknowledge that. The Batmobile looks like a shoe. Like a sandal. <laughs> like literally with the open, like strappy, like it looks like a fucking like croc, a croc. Or like a Birkinson. There is something wrong with this. It looks like a shoe. Like <laughs> that was my first reaction to it. I was like, it looks like a shoe. Like, why are there so many open panels and, like, strappy things? Like, I don't get it. Because Joe Schumacher loves neon. Uh, but he it was, loves light-up things. I guess. But that was my first thing. Um, <laughs> another note that I have uh-huh. is I haven't seen Nicole Kidman. Now, keep in mind, I am just watching this movie in 2020. When I'm 30, and I've seen other things. So I said, I haven't seen Nicole Kidman so sexy since Moulin Rouge. And then I have an arrow to a note further down the page that says, Thirsty AF. (laughs) So I just, I didn't. She's literally the girlfriend. Like, that's her role. Right. But but they tried to make her smart by making her a doctor and a psychiatrist. But I just, I don't, how she's like, oh, Bruce. I think I'm in love with someone else. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Be a person. (laughs) Not a trope. I just like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's just the very breathy. Like, yeah. Now, what I do think is funny, whatever you bring up that, because that was at the circus where she was like. Oh, I also have a circus note. um, But whatever, Bruce was starting to ask her out and be like, oh, you know, that's, they, uh. Oh, you know, he was trying to ask her out. She was like, oh, well, there is somebody else. I've met someone else. Now, the thing I never noticed about, I never really thought about before when until I watched it this time, mm. is that did you look at who was sitting right next to Bruce? The reporter chick. The reporter chick. Not the Rita Go- Skeeter, but she was Gossip Rita Skeeter Gertie. to me. Yeah, re- yeah. Gossip, <laughs> Gossip Rita Gertie. Skeeter. <laughs> uh, the, the wife of Bob Kane. 
Um, but I think it's funny that Bruce is kind of lucky that the, the the Graysons all died and Two-Face showed up because the number one story the next day would be like, Bruce Wayne shut down its circus. Oh, because she was like right there. And sure, she wasn't listening, but she was totally listening. Gossip Gertie hears everything. Yeah. So I also <laughs> have a note. About the circus? Yes. I do. I said, I love that the circus in Gotham is a black tie event. Because I don't know if you notice, but everyone in that audience has like a fucking... Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like, supposed to be a big, nice... I think... I want to say there's actually a line in the exposition where uh, his secretary refers to it as a charity ball. Or mm. something like that. Or charity circus or something like that. Okay. Well, I missed that. So I'll excuse that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This movie so that has wasn't all in my sorts version. of other... Uh, I don't want to say problems or issues, but other things to talk well i'll let that slide the, the you know, okay black tie um i also thought i i have a note it says so dot 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 the world's greatest detective needs a psychiatrist help like what is going on with like mm-hmm. oh there's this guy leaving me clues i don't know where he comes from yep. or who he is blah, blah, blah. but then they like cut to him and alfred figuring out so i'm like what the fuck this is one of the the not brightest Bruce Wayne's, which oh, I think oh, is funny. Not cause... brightest and not sexiest because another note that I have is I don't believe Kilmer's Bruce Wayne. Not attractive enough. I am sorry, but this man is not like I think baby a... dropping like yeah, sexy. Well, I think he's not. I think Kilmer was a good looking guy there, but not as Bruce Wayne. I do think I could see where they would cast him as being like, oh yeah, he's a handsome like playboy type. He is not unfortunate, but he um, is not sexy. But yeah, he does not have that like. He's not someone that would be like, oh my god, I'm falling all yeah. over you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I lost my train of thought about what I was going to say about the circus. <laughs> oh, dumb Bruce. Okay, and I, I gl- I'm glad. <laughs> dumb Bruce is something like forty minutes of the movie. Hashtag but yes. Dumb Bruce. Yes, <laughs> I want to point out because this was something I noticed when I was the very first time I, I saw this I, the movie back when I was fourteen. I noticed it and I thought it was weird, and I like that you actually had the same reaction to that first riddle. He says it. He reads it, and you immediately went, "Oh, a clock." And meanwhile, I was watching the counter on the thing, and between the time he finishes reading it to the time he figures that, like he goes through with 13, 1 through 12, faith, the answer is a clock. It takes him 11 seconds. <laughs> and it is it is a riddle that you look at and go, oh, it's a clock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, you won't find 13 on my face. It's a clock. And he took the world's greatest detective. The world's greatest detective. <laughs> was not the world's greatest detective in this movie. No, no. They did not take that aspect. <laughs> um, so speaking of riddles and Riddler and Ed Nigma, I have notes. <laughs> did you throw everything down whenever he they revealed the MRE thing at the end? That, yep, yeah, yes, yeah. Literally, I have yep. on my page, and you can verify, I put, Jim Carrey is genius, underline, underline. Mm-hmm. And then I put another arrow saying, hey, that is related to this. Um, his entrance is amazing. Love him. Jim Carrey is everything. <laughs> like, oh, you just, really, you actually really like Jim Carrey's I bombasticness? Like he fucking <laughs> loved Jim Carrey in this movie. Yeah, he saved the movie for me. He, His he's performance, super hammy, but yes. he's so much fun. Like, yes, 
it takes because how you say whenever you watch Harry Potter or uh, the Mummy or Pirates, how you have to like bite your tongue almost to quit keep from quoting it. Yeah, almost every one of his lines, but specifically when he first breaks into Two Faces base and that, that whole entrance, speech, that was the I simply entrance. love what you've done with the place. Heavy metal meets House of Garden. I I I usually recite that whole thing with him, like mm-hmm. just because I can't help it. It I, is it is really like honestly, I thought that Jim Carrey's um, performance as Riddler save the movie like for me it was like perfect for what it was trying to be super energetic you can imagine the director telling him all right we're going for the old school like Mm -hmm. clash bang batman you're the you know type one villain you're you know just be like just give can you can you go bigger (laughs) yeah like just there's no limit and 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 i loved it like honestly and like i said i'm seeing this movie in 2020 amidst covid in april i did just see sonic two months ago i'm like i could see that guy being dr robotnik like that is definitely a kid's and that was the other thing it he was a kid's villain he wasn't like he didn't hurt anyone directly. Yeah, he tried to punch that guard. It didn't work. Right. It was like originally he, a deleted scene where whenever uh, Chase is tied up on that couch, mm-hmm. where he gives her a shot to tranquilize her, and it's very simple. It's like now go to sleep or something like that. But they even cut that out because yeah. I think they wanted him to. Yeah, be... Yeah, but I'm saying it wasn't like he's not like, like kick ass where it was like oh shit like yeah. you can't do that you cannot do that like he was very much like i said a kid's villain like if i like, like he actually bastard. reminded me of like wild wild west like lovelace like oh, he was he was just <laughs> over the top and like not like he was competent but also a little out of his mind mm-hmm. like it was it was the perfect balance of genius and crazy I, th- I think one of my favorite scenes and i don't know if you noticed or not but i i mean they make it pretty clear but whenever he's imitating bruce at the ball mm-hmm. like i love that to the point where he even has not just the same haircut he even has a fake mole mm-hmm. to, to match mole. bruce wayne i i love that i think that's hilarious yeah um, and i also love whenever he um whenever he knocks uh stickly out of the window and the first time I saw it, whenever he runs after him, I was like, oh, does he realize like he's going to kill his boss and he doesn't want him to die? And the, the panicked run is because he's worried about his helmet. Mm. And he pulls has to pull his helmet back before yeah. he loses it. I mean, I definitely um, – so I have a note that says this movie forces you to be a kid, then an adult, mm. then a kid again. Like it kind of bounces between that what did you imagine a Batman movie would be like and we kind of made it in the image of – 14 year old or fun thing but also like it's life and death also people are dying also mind control you know like also Mm -hmm. identity and childhood trauma yeah like like it's all that going on but in this very fun comic booky way so i i did kind of like how the movie tried to balance that Mm -hmm. I don't know if it succeeded. But it it gave (laughs) it a shot. Well, because I wasn't a kid when I saw it. Like, Mm -hmm. if I would have seen it as a kid and then again as an adult, I might have a different perspective. But having just seen it as an adult and seeing other iterations of Batman since then. Yeah. um, And also seeing other iterations of Chris O'Donnell. (laughs) It's it's funny. This is probably my least favorite version of the Riddler, but I still love it. I fucking love Jim Carrey. (laughs) Throwing Oscars at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm glad you weren't 
upset by him or just like, oh no, my god, this guy it. makes love me it. just want to take a nap. <laughs> no. Um sorry, I'm also I'm I'm seeing if I skipped any notes. Oh, yes. Um, so maybe you who have probably seen the movie and the behind the scenes and the commentary and oh, all the is articles. this going to be a question because that needs answering because I know everything? Yes. Okay. What yes. is the question you need answering because I know everything? Okay. Why is there so much Atlas and or Greco-Roman imagery? Oh, uh, that's because Joel Schumacher likes that stuff. <laughs> that's basically it. Now he 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 liked the uh, the kind of the mythology look of it, like kind of an old city built on top of statue, like uh, on top of others and things like that. Right. But he, he just they even look. make a, which I, I thought was interesting because it's like, okay, we know it takes place in Gotham. It's Batman. There's Arkham. There's, I really like there's, this version. there's Gotham. <laughs> and then they say, um, oh, it'll go all the way to Metropolis. I'm like, oh, so it's close enough for you to know what it is. But it's not because in Batman v Superman, it was like, across the river or yeah. some bullshit so i was like oh okay so these things do coexist in the same universe um but i i thought it was really interesting because every time they showed like this atlas type imagery it was someone with the world on their shoulders a burden maybe too hard to bear and you know it was like oh you have robin he could help you lighten the load you have chase meridian who could possibly help you lighten the load meridian atlas mm-hmm. globe you know like there's there's so much going into that so yeah. it's just like what is going on with the Atlas imagery um, in the movie and and the the statues and stuff, and having gone to New York, <laughs> you definitely see because we saw Prometheus, we saw Atlas, mm-hmm. we saw all kinds of imagery all over New York. And I'm just like, okay, so this is yeah. a thing in big cities. Yeah, <laughs> and I like how big it was too. Like, mm. I mean, it had like sky bridges and stuff. Like, you see the Batmobile at one point driving on the road, and the next thing you know, it's on a bridge between buildings for some reason. And um, and I, because most modern Batman live action things, it's like, oh, this is Gotham. Okay, no, this is Chicago. It just looks like Chicago. <laughs> this is like you look at it and you go, yep, this is Gotham. I mean, it's more goldy than I would expect Gotham to be. I expected to be a bit more dinge and not yeah. quite bronze, but yeah, it was, it was very, still very. Uh, it was a gilded. Yes. Gotham. Yes. This one, mm-hmm. and that was interesting. I was like, well, why? You know, do we have all these things? And what was the civilization? Uh, civili- civilization before mm. this? Because there were like so many, like I said, Grecian or Roman statues and aesthetics that were obvious (laughs) i I know schumacher likes that imagery specifically uh that's also why because one of the most controversial things about this movie is you might not have noticed but batman and robin's suits had nipples and uh you were talking to someone who says her batman is george clooney i (laughs) and the reason they have nipples is because he wanted it to be like uh basically like a, a roman or a greek statue uh, and mm-hmm. if you look at the breastplates also on those kind of that their yeah. uniform, they had nipples. Well, it I also noticed that when but... Riddler was designing his costume, it was on it was a statue. David, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, obviously you're trying to tell me something. I just like, I got the idea that you were trying to tell me something. I just didn't know what it was. I don't, I don't know if he was really trying to put like a message out there. I think it's well, just I feel something like the message his, was like man imagining his perfect 
civilization, mm. his perfect form, what would that look like? So we have David and Atlas and all these great, like, you know, that was yeah, okay. artists creating the perfect man. And is Batman or is Bruce Wayne the perfect man? Mm. You look at Bruce Wayne and you say, oh, he has this, you know, obviously uh, – business and monetary like success but he's lonely so is he the perfect man you look at batman and he's like this vigilante he's this crime fighter he is perfect in the eyes of the law but is he because he struggles with that identity so i thought like maybe they were trying to put that in the movie and Mm -hmm. then i realized that i thought too much (laughs) you thought more than the people that made batman forever per usual yes what other notes did you have on there uh moving on from architecture uh, oh, uh, the safe sequence. So in the beginning, um, where they break into the safe and everything. Oh, the part where that taught me that not all extras are good actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so as a safe sequence, uh, shots are very tight, like hard to figure out what's going on at times. There were definitely some scenes where the camp, like the shot was very much focused on the actors, and then they showed us a wider shot of the safe swinging through Gotham or doing mm-hmm. something. And I was like, oh, wait. So they're inside while this is happening. Like, it was very – I don't want to say disorient. Well, no. I, I'd call it that, yeah. Yeah, but it, it was – I noticed how tight the shots were. And, again, mm. I'm seeing this as an adult, 30, having seen other movies and the film industry – you know, maturing as it has in the 21st century. So it was definitely noticeable and disorienting seeing those tight, tight shots of him inside. Like it was almost like the director was like, okay, well we need to show that he's in the safe was small. Like it was a very small. Yeah. Shot, so but it, it was kind of tight, but I mean, we've seen tight spaces filmed before and also what's going on outside. It wasn't like, Oh, inside the safe, just these two people and like 10 cubic feet of film and then here's them inside of the helicopter with another 10 cubic feet of film and you're just like okay wait but can you can you widen that can you broaden that like can i see what's going on outside of that like how they are in relation to the atmosphere (laughs) yeah no they were just flying through the streets and it was just a odd looking sequence altogether it was um because i made note of it (laughs) that that's well that sequence also i think was my I think the biggest opportunity for a joke that got missed, which is whenever the security guard, you know, I'm boiling acid, that guy, whenever Batman takes his hearing aid, one, I like that it makes this weird pop sound as he pops it out of his ear. And he goes, I need to borrow this because this Batman comes ill-prepared to fight crime, I guess. And the guy goes, hey, that's my hearing aid. Batman should have gone, thanks. (laughs) Just really loud. I thought that would have been funny. Instead, he whispers like, thanks. I I just thought it would have been funny. Um, but yeah, that whole sequence was kind of, kind of, uh, awkward, but it's also the very beginning of the movie. So it's, it's almost like King Arthur where if you're not in this movie at this point, this, it's like a warning wait, wait, wait. scene. King Arthur or Guy Ritchie's King Guy Arthur? Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Okay. Cause King Arthur technically is uh, 7, Clive Owen, Keira oh, yeah. okay, Knightley. <laughs> King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. It's one of the, it's Guy Ritchie's scene. King Arthur. Yes, it's that scene that kind of warns you, Hey. Uh, this is what this movie is going to be like. So if you're not into it, you might want to leave now. Then, what are you looking at? Nine you, years ago. Oh, oh, you're checking your Facebook memories. <laughs> Got distracted. <laughs> okay, it's stop, after stop getting distracted. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what other questions do you have that need answering? Because I know everything. Okay. Because <laughs> I definitely can explain. I I'm going to explain some things too. Um. 
that might not. Oh, occurred. um, Chase Batman Midnight Seeds, so where she says, "My place, midnight, mm-hmm. whatever," and he comes to her, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I need to tell you something." That scene was so much like Dracula, like the draped sheets and the white and coming to the window and this mm-hmm. very shadowed figure with his cape and his you know whatever like it like i was like oh my god this is dracula like this this is a like they literally out of the dracula <laughs> book mm-hmm. this is a scene out of dracula yep yep mm-hmm. so i did notice that and i applaud them for that honestly i do i i think it I, was i've often said that i think actors that play dracula that should be a role that an actor should be able to play is both Dracula and Batman. Oscar Isaac, I think, would be a fantastic Dracula or Batman. It's kind of ironic because the guy that is about to play Batman, Robert Pattinson, has played a vampire, but not a good one. But I could see him. Not Dracula. I could see him (laughs) as a Dracula, maybe. Uh, But again, I I don't know. I just, we just watched that Netflix Dracula. Mm. Oh, I couldn't see that one as Batman. Yeah, no. No, that's what too, I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, that's it, a bit well, problematic. It should be. Yeah, it should be. If I was casting a Dracula and I was casting but a But I Batman, love that Dracula. The Netflix Dracula that was, was a good show, yeah. pretty amazing. Like, for 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 the Dracula they were trying to make, he was really it, good. But it, not, he is not your classic Dracula. And it was horrifying at times. I was I felt horrified yeah. many times. I definitely covered my eyes a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I, I did think that was a Dracula-like scene. And I do agree that. Yeah, there's definitely some crossover and definitely the imagery of bats and mm-hmm. Dracula and all of that. But I like literally when I saw her get out of the bed and pull the sheets, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Dr- this is Dracula. Yeah, she was like, sleeping naked. She was ready to bone down with Batman. Because she thirsty AF. <laughs> <laughs> Other than thirsty. Um, she's just, I, I, I don't get those. And yes, I get that it's a comic book movie and, you know, there are more tropes and archetypes than actual people, but just like, oh, Bruce, I'm not an actual person. I'm just the damsel in distress. Ah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's. They're they're not working with much with no. her, especially coming off of Catwoman was the love interest in Batman Returns, which they mentioned. Like I guess mm-hmm. like leather yeah. and a the, whip, the, the, yeah, yeah. type vinyl and a whip. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's Chase Meridian's not much of a a character. She's a a prop more than anything else. Yeah. Which I mean, Poison Ivy, I liked. Well, that's it. Let's let's not talk about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I <ain't. laughs> um, add other Batman movies to the video and Vito series. We'll, well see. I've seen that one. Yeah. That one I know very well. Mm. Uh, and you have a lot written there. I can't. No, see I know, but I've been, the way. I've been checking going? off what we oh, talked you're going about. Out of okay, going so, in order. Um, what didn't I check off? Oh, 30 minutes into the movie and no Robin, question mark, exclamation <laughs> point. And then we got Robin, so yeah, well, that's it, done. <laughs> whenever, we, uh, whenever me and my brother first saw it, that was one of the things that we thought was funny because the whole movie was advertised as Robin, you know, Batman and Robin come together like Robin, live action. You know, Chris O'Donnell's got an earring. You know, he wears a leather jacket, blah, blah, blah. This, isn't your, this ain't your daddy's dick, Grayson. You know? <laughs> Also, what's funny is uh, whenever the first time I saw it, I was so confused because I never heard uh, Richard shortened to Dick. So when they say, our son Richard, I was like, huh? Who's?" And they showed like Dick up on the wires. I was like, is Dick Richard? <laughs> like, I didn't know that. I did not know. Um, 
But remember the first time we saw it and we were all excited because, you know, Batman and Robin together. And this is a cool looking Robin. And like, even though it's a rubber suit, I like that the look of that costume a lot, uh, especially the way the R is. But um, yeah, and he was whenever after we saw it, Kyle was kind of like, so uh, Robin comes in the last 20 minutes and is immediately captured. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's his role in this movie. But we also saw that as soon as he found the Batcave, he took the Batmobile for a spin. So he's not exactly the most responsible Robin. Not that he got any training. I so. love that scene. <laughs> the other cop. It's so the cheesy. I, I love it. Um, I definitely prefer Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons is the best Alfred, followed by Michael Caine, followed by... I think you would need to rewatch some... Christian Bale movies, if you think Michael Caine, Caine's second best. Rewatch or first watch? First watch, because so, Michael Caine is the best. <laughs> um, Michael Caine, I think, is the best. I like no, Michael No, fucking salty Jeremy Irons. Because the thing about Jeremy Irons is that you know there's an entire series of movies or that never whatever. never happened, sadly. <laughs> that, that just made him the way he is. And you mm. want to see what happens. Yes. So that's why I love Jeremy Irons, because he brought a backstory to his character. You can tell there's a history. Yes. And I love that. Um, I think Robin's one of the things in this movie that even people that hate this movie are like, Oh, it's stupid. But I enjoyed Chris O'Donnell in it. I think most people like, um, but Chris O'Donnell is also very genuine. He's very like everything that he, or I mean, I've only seen him in this in in Los Angeles, but like, I like that. It's believable Mm -hmm. for him. Yeah. He's just a likable dude. And I I want to point out that my favorite reaction to you watching this movie was the laundry scene in which he performed laundry food, laundry foo, and you lost it. <laughs> that was, I think, you started cackling like Two-Face. <laughs> you said, pause, I need more wine. <laughs> And what I love so much about the laundry foo sequence (laughs) is that it ends with him squeezing out, using the mop to like whip whip a shirt around, and then he mops up the mess he made. He does. And uh, (laughs) but what's funny is like rewatching it and like really trying to pay attention to see if there's things that I miss or didn't notice before or, or can talk about that are new. That are things that I've already talked about with myself over and over again mm-hmm. with this movie. Is I love the scene between Alfred and Dick whenever they're in um, the bedroom when they're unpacking and they give the Robin backstory about like yeah. you know one day Robin will fly again. That scene is in the wrong movie. Like it's so kind of like downplayed and so kind of like sweet. Well, it's, and then it's it, like it cut between like yeah, here I'm two faced and I got a baby stroller in a bazooka. <laughs> it's so it well, feels so out of place because it's such a nice like it 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 that scene to me when I saw it was like oh Alfred knows that Bruce is lonely. Alfred knows that Bruce doesn't want to do this forever and possibly needs an apprentice or someone to take over. Here's this kid that he's brought in. Alfred is trying to push dick into that role and so for me i was like oh i see where they're going i see what they're trying to do they're going to make him robin like even if i didn't know anything about even if i didn't know about dick grayson or terry or 
other Robins. Uh, Jason. Uh, there's Jason. Jason Todd. Yes. Tim. Damien. Um, if I didn't know about other I'd be like, oh, they're trying to make him Robin. Because it was so obvious that at that moment, Alfred was like, you need a partner. You need someone that's going to – you need a successor well, type. I- I don't know if he necessarily Alfred wanted Bruce to have a successor because I don't think Alfred really approves that much. Well, no, because like, this Alfred was very much like, oh, he was like, oh, Alfred, destroy this outfit. I won't need it. And he's like, well, I'll just keep it here. I have oh, a feeling it'll be you. Yeah. So it was like, well, I think you it was just lose. encouraging period that, hey, kid, you're going to get better. Yeah, but he wasn't like, you're going to go back to the circus. He was just yeah. like, hey, you're, you're going to need a costume. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And then, well, that's true because then he did force his, 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 uh, niece into the lifestyle in batman and robin yeah so so he he knows yeah, he, Bruce is lonely. Like, he is this alfred is very pushy yeah um, he's an hr rep um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I i love that scene um i feel like i was gonna mention something else there but i can't remember what it was Ooh. oh i think i was gonna say like because you said that you know batman can do or bruce can't do this forever and bruce is lonely and and I think you're giving them too much credit in the sense that I don't think Bruce has that much character in this movie. No, like, this Bruce, I put, um, I don't believe Kilburn's Bruce Rain, not attractive enough. I, I I didn't get the billionaire, millionaire, whatever, playboy. Tell me, doctor, do you like the circus? That, yeah, <laughs> like, and, and every time he, like, would say something, like, his lips would do a weird, like, it was just, one, I did not found Val Kilmer very attractive. Mm-hmm. Two, I did not find the character in himself very because the only woman he managed to attract was one that was addicted to men with mental problems. So it was like <laughs> if he was able to have been a red flag. Yeah, like if he was able to get like a I don't know, a Talia Ghoul or a um Catwoman, like some, some other women, I'd be like, oh, okay, but like the one you got was the one who wanted to almost fucking was, dissect your brain. Like yeah. she was just like, you're not right. She's you like, know? you're not right. And oh, I'm that sorry, turns sorry. me on. That, that should be, you're not right. I need to dissect your brain. Like <laughs> you know, it's just like it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sorry. <laughs> It's not easy to turn on. No, it, it's it's funny because like every time you do that, I'm like that is somehow un super unsexy. And I don't know how, but it is because it's so forced. It's, it's yeah, you're just um, like Nicole Kidman has been. She's sexy. very pretty. Nicole yeah. Kidman she, she's is got a great sexy. personality. Moulin Rouge, like who does not want to get with Steve? Mm-hmm. But in this hot entrance. <laughs> <laughs> um uh well i have a question for you about the movie maybe you can answer this uh because it took me reading the script to answer this question why is it called batman forever because he realized that he is both because so riddler tried to make him choose between bruce wayne or batman uh Chase Meridian or Dick Grayson. You know, what you want, the probably wife and kids and whatever with Chase as Bruce, or what you have become, which is the Batman 
with a sidekick fighting crime. And he says uh, to him, you know, the thing is I could never choose because I am both. I am both Bruce and the Batman. Mm -hmm. And I will be both until whatever my body gives out. I don't know. Um, So I think it's called Batman Forever because he realizes that as long as I'm alive, I will breathe both Batman and Bruce Wayne. So Batman Forever is as long as I'm here forever. Mm -hmm. And that there will be a Batman because I'm also training an apprentice. I also have a Robin. So, What did you think of the the flashbacks? Did they... Sir, did they? Did you feel like they served any purpose, or are possibly part of a much more interesting cut sequence? Uh, not de- <laughs> definitely not more interesting. Um, I definitely I think they served a purpose because it brought in a psychiatrist and hey, figure out my dreams for me. And oh, Batman, <laughs> you're dreaming about your parents. Mm. Yes, did like it, it was almost like Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Like, did you see everything you needed to see? Like, <laughs> kind of type thing. Um, the, there definitely could have been different titles, but I don't think the title's problematic. I love the title, uh, but it didn't make much sense whenever I saw it, especially if this it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you have Batman, Batman and Robin, Batman forever. So it's just kind of like Batman's here to stay. He's he's not going to kind of go into that um, time capsule of, you know, like the Adam West sort of like we are bringing Batman into the 21st century. We are, you know. Mm-hmm. Gotham City, like we are bringing <laughs> Batman into 2000. You know, almost could have been called Batman 2000. And it would have been okay. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what it was trying to do. Like, saying Batman is something, what Batman stands for, what Batman is, what Batman tries to be is forever. It's not something that is strictly Adam West type Batman. It's not something that's strictly, um, 80s it's not something that's strictly anytime batman is timeless yes 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 he is forever that's 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 what i think the title means i i think the title works um well the reason i was getting what i was getting at is that uh in after i'd watched it for years and years and years i started thinking about it and i was like why what's the deal with the dreams? Like he keeps on having dreams. Oh, I dream about my parents wake. And he has the comment whenever he, uh, whenever Alfred like interrupts him while he, he's having one of his, you know, his awake dreams okay. or flashbacks as yeah. we call them in movies. And he goes, your, your memories are breaking through. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I killed them. And Alfred's like, huh? And he's like, Oh, the, the uh, two face killed that boy's parents. And he's like, no, 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 bro. You said I killed them. What's that about? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what is that about? And then he's like shutting down the Batcave. Like, I'm giving this up. Cool. Why? And I, because I'm having this dream about a red book. Okay. Why does that make you want to stop being Batman? So there was a deleted part of that, which really bothers me that they cut it out. Basically, um, instead of it being like, oh, I walked up to the, the diary and looked and realized he was never going to write it again. And that's why I ran away with it. 
could say the same thing about anything. I found his shoe polish and I realized he wouldn't be polishing his shoes ever again. Um, in the deleted stuff, he, he reads the last entry, like whenever he's at the wake in the last entry is Thomas saying, Bruce wants to go see such and such movie. Martha and I don't really want to. And so he, he was like, my God, this is my fault. Yeah. Isn't that so much better alone right there? Yeah. I mean, again, I'm coming from it in 2020. (laughs) I'm coming from it having. Doesn't that give Bruce something to do though? No, no. I mean, yeah, but you haven't seen all of Gotham either. Um, And that Bruce baby Batman is amazing. Uh, in that <laughs> with how he deals with his parents' death and everything. Uh, <laughs> that show does have my favorite version of the, the Waynes being killed. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it just, it, <sighs> yes, the whole flashback thing is problematic, but also I saw Batman V Superman and the weird, dreams awake thing so it's like it's not the worst batman dream well, i've seen it, it, no, it just bothers me because it could have been so much better because that, no, yes. that bit in the script is so much better. and um it it did lead to weirdness though because they have the whole sequence on the uh the disc two of the dvd where basically that's what he says he says i read that entry and it said like tom like martha and i uh bruce wants to go see such and such we don't really want to but bruce insists and he was like oh my god and then i picked the book the book and ran out into the rain and i fell in the cave and blah 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 then after um two-face shoots him in the head which is the part that bothers me most about anything in the and movie, your mom because well not the cackling <laughs> but the fact that two-face lives by that whole flip of the coin rule mm-hmm. two-face would not flip the coin over and over again until he gets the result he'd wants. He would flip it the once and be like, well, crap. Oh, well. And that's it. I'll just sit yeah. in this comfy I definitely chair. have a note that says uh, the two-faced... Uh, God, that's it, right? Sorry, this is out of three glasses. Uh, the two-faced... Oh, <laughs> Wait. <hold laughs> okay, on. well, I'll finish what I was saying real quick. Um, so basically, after Bruce gets shot in the head and falls down the stairs, when he wakes up, Alfred's like, hey, Bruce, you Okay. And he's like, who's Bruce? He has this momentary amnesia where he doesn't mm-hmm. remember anything. And so Alfred brings him down to the cave. And he's like, what's this? And Alfred's like, this is your cave. You're Batman. And it starts coming back to him. He's like, oh, my God. I'm bat- yeah, I remember him. And he goes deeper into the cave and finds the journal. It's still there, like 20 mm-hmm. years later, whenever he dropped it. And he looks at it, and it's still open to that page. And he reads the entry, and it says, you know, the same thing. Bruce, uh, Bruce insists on seeing such and such. Uh, Martha and I don't really want to, but Bruce insists. So Martha and I will see, we'll choose the movie next week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was either way they were going to go, you know, no matter what they were going to go. And, yeah. um, and so he kind of like that kind of alleviates the guilt some. And then the scene gets really weird. Cause he hallucinates a giant, like f- six foot bat kind of <laughs> hugging him. And that's whenever he realizes I can be both Bruce Wayne and Batman. Cause I got hugged by this giant imaginary puppet bat. Totally. Then it got weird, but yeah, I like the journal thing. Okay. So my two face thing is the two face coin trick. So when uh, Bruce tosses the other coins <laughs> up into the air to confuse uh-huh. two face, that it was cheap and uninspired. Yes. I, I, yes, I noticed it was. that and it was problematic and I did not like it. Yeah, it, it was. Well, what's funny is, uh, uh, well, spoilers for Batman and Batman Returns. <laughs> Joker dies by falling off a building. Penguin 
dies by falling into a vat of things, like a vat of toxic waste or something. So, huh? I have a memory of that. <laughs> I, remember, I think I, I. You've seen that bit? I think so. And so before this movie came out, me and my brother were joking about like, I mean, I think because we didn't even think about Two-Face, we were like, I bet Riddler's going to die by falling into something. And so whenever he started having his brain kind of sucked, we were like, oh, that's surprising. Okay. And then Two-Face fell. We're like, oh, there we go. We had to have a falling death. There yeah. it is. That's the bad guy done. So what I'm hearing is that we actually need to like Skype your brother or something and get him in on this Oh, my gosh. Having <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. No, he <laughs> is so asleep right now. Yeah. Well, uh, that was the other thing that was funny about this is because this is technically, like I said, Batman 3. Hmm. All right. This is, we, this is supposed to be the same continuity as Batman and Batman Returns. Same Commissioner Gordon, same Alfred, you know, almost. Is it recording? Yes, it is recording. Um, same same Alfred, same Commissioner Gordon, who does like nothing in this movie. Absolutely It's nothing. funny because you, you actually asked, is that Commissioner Gordon like yeah. in the last like 20 minutes of the movie? Because he basically pops up every now and then and goes, hey, Batman, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I saw a bat signal. But, but anybody could use our signal. This thirsty bitch can just <laughs> call out the bat signal because she wants some. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least Poison Ivy had to like seduce him or something first. Yeah. But th- that's what was funny is this is Batman 3. Um, and this, this one follows the more traditional Batman rules, which is what I like about Batman. Batman doesn't kill. Like, notice he doesn't kill anybody in this movie. Well, mm. except for Two-Face. He ends up making him slip and fall. Uh, but it's kind of true. Two-Face's own fault, I guess. Negligence, whatever. Um, poor, poor building construction, whatever. Um, but he doesn't kill any of the thugs or anything like that, you know. And he even tells Dick. No, like, he, when he um, makes the wheels of the Batmobiles and, like, fucking Tokyo drifts to the sides and gets them torpedoed. Oh, but he doesn't kill them. Two Face technically killed them. Yeah, but he got out of the he way will, so that Two Face they'll could die kill them. by negligence. But he never hand on murders anyone. Oh, 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 okay. So and he's trying <laughs> to discourage Dick from like, no, Dick, you don't want to kill him. That's you know you that's wrong and blah blah blah, and you'll lead down a path of vengeance and darkness forever. Batman, like Michael Keaton, Batman in the Tim Burton movies, just loves the killing, loves it. At one point. At the beginning of Batman Returns, in the opening of this movie, he um, there's a fire because all the the villains, all the penguins, guy goons are circus themed because they're all from an old circus act, and one of them is a fire breather. So what Batman does to this poor fella is he turns the Batmobile around and lights up the that boost on the back that turbine to light him on fire. Then he gets out of the Batmobile and there's another guy who has a bomb and he takes that guy's bomb and goes up to another guy and shoves the bomb in the guy's pants and throws them off the side of the railing or wherever they are. Just loves the murder. And so whenever, and it was the same thing whenever I started watching the animated series and, you know, they were always like that Batman doesn't kill. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Cause Michael Keaton done killed a lot of fools. <laughs> done killed. Done killed a lot of fools. <laughs> um, that's what, that was what my thought was. Batman loves the murder and so it's kind of funny hearing him in this one being like hey dick you shouldn't love don't. The murder don't don't murder so many people that's not right that's yeah. not cool <laughs> yeah um, no i think we got all of my notes uh <clears throat> yeah um okay you got all your notes you don't have anything else in there no 
Okay. I, I wanted to say I noticed you had a reaction to something else in it, but I can't remember what it was. <clears throat> I checked off all my stuff. You checked off all of it? Yeah. I I do remember whenever I first saw it, because um, this was a this was a big summer movie. Like hmm. they had glassware at McDonald's. <laughs> oh them toys though. Oh You're them toys terrible. though. We'll get to that. Are um, we? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Can we make coffee? <laughs> no, I'm almost done. <laughs> okay. um, but they they had a huge cross promotion McDonald's toys, of course, Kenner. Uh, the glasses. They didn't do Happy Meal toys this time. They learned their lesson. They didn't want to risk it, so they just did the glasses. And they had a um, a McDonald's, a hamburger called the Hero Sandwich, and it had three patties, and it was like on a uh, a long bun, kind of like kind of like a sub, but not quite as long, like a loaf. And uh, but I remember specifically in the ads for it, they had that moment where Alfred says to Batman, "Can I persuade you to take a sandwich with you, sir?" And Batman says, "I'll get drive through." And we were like, that's so funny. That's great for a commercial for McDonald's. And then, so when that was the first line of the movie, I, I wasn't sure what kind of movie I was about to see. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought that was, uh... yeah, we thought that was just a cheeky joke in the commercials. We didn't know that was going to be in the actual movie. So we didn't, we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. This is a whole new, whole new Batman. Whole I was new... all of five. I don't know. Whole new Batworld. Yeah. Um. Them toys though, we can do a video part of it tomorrow because yeah, it's I, I do have them toys though. I love them toys. For, he, this uh, man brought out a full like I brought 10 out my old Kenner Tupperware. It ten, is my my old Kenner bin. It is it's quite large. Yeah, it but that's got a lot of things. That's not just that's not specifically Batman. That's just all my old Kenner toys. Uh, so it's just it's got like all the Batman forever figures. You can see them. They're on the ledge, the yes. arm of the chair. There's like six i think of them yeah um that one, sounds like a project for tomorrow it'll be a project tomorrow the one it thing, is currently 12 30 a.m yep uh the one thing i'll point out about the toys because sadly i don't have it anymore and i would almost buy an, a second two-face figure for this is two-face came with his coin and the cool thing about this coin is a lot of two-face action figures have come with his coin but the cool thing about this one was the kind of metal they used for it like the aluminum or whatever they made Mm -hmm. it was so light that whenever you flicked it coins don't do this normally like real coins don't do this but whenever you flicked it it actually made that dinging sound oh like that ding so it was really cool I love that coin. I used to carry it. Y'all, the smile on this man's face right now. So cool. I wish I could. So we'll we'll do an actual them toys though, like video thing or something. Okay. Uh, But I love the toy line for it. It It's awesome. It's my favorite Batmobile. You said it looked like a shoe. It does look like (laughs) a shoe. It's my favorite Batmobile. I need to get some C batteries for it because it lights up and it's beautiful. Um, Okay. So do you have any favorite moments? Ooh. Uh. Ooh. Laundry foo? No. Uh, Robin stealing the Batmobile? No. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, honestly, I loved all the Jim Carrey's moments. Mm. Honestly, Jim Carrey penetrating Two-Face's lair when he comes out with the full green suit and mm. the cane and the just like, I am Riddler, here I am. Like, that was What's funny probably... is you can actually see him before he... Uh introduces himself like in that that shot whenever the two uh whenever sugar and spice Mm -hmm. are being like oh two-faced look what we made you for dinner and they're walking through you could see him just chilling against the wall like in the back like they didn't have they couldn't block jim carrey with anything so you (laughs) see this bright green like 
standing still against the wall being like, okay, I'm waiting for my line. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, no, I just, that, that was probably my favorite was him when he breaches two faces layer. Um, and then when he comes out at the end with the full white diamond suit, like I just, I, just, everything Jim Carrey was my favorite mm-hmm. in this movie. I, I don't want to say I didn't care for Nicole Kidman. I just, she was very much a trope. And mm-hmm. not really a character or a person. Was, she was just uh, an object there. She was yeah. a prop. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't like it, that. There was that. Yeah. It's very apparent. And it's funny because yeah. it's like that in Batman and Robin too. Like the, the, um, the love interest in that one, Julie Madison hardly has a character mm-hmm. in that movie. It's it, it, her character literally is Bruce's girlfriend. That's it. Yeah. Um. So your favorite character would be. Riddler. Riddler. Yeah. Enigma. <laughs> yeah. I said, this is my least favorite version of Riddler, but I still love watching him. He's so yeah. much fun. It is. Yeah. And so I even love like the little scene where they show his apartment and they're playing the songs called Bad Days, which I love that song because I love this. Still, soundtrack. I think the Space Jam soundtrack. Um, oh, Brandy, another artist on the soundtrack. Brandy was in there. Monica yeah. is on the Space Jam soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The but, boy um, is hers. But whenever uh, whenever they first go into his apartment, it's that little bitty, like, it's just like a long hallway. Yeah. Well, and, having like, been to New his, York, we sort yeah, of understand. And he's, like, making his little, like, he's cutting out his letters. And I love that sequence just because it's, like, just a cool little peek into what his world looks like. Yeah. And, uh, I love it. Um, Who's your favorite character? Uh, even though I say he's my least favorite version, it might be Riddler because he's just so much fun. Yeah. And I love how obsessive he is uh like he's just such disturbed guy oh and i also love whenever he murder he murders his boss he murders strickland or stickley and he and i love his uh his crying and mm-hmm. like you know his sobbing thing he Here's pulls up a, the uh, yeah you'll notice that his, his handwriting pen, his, his, his penmanship and structure matches exactly and the note literally is just block letters saying goodbye cruel worlds mm-hmm. and i don't know if they meant for that to be f- like an actual joke like that it, that is his sentence structure is just goodbye cruel world yeah. but i thought that was funny but, but i do like his like you know oh i'm so broken up by this by the way here's this piece of evidence you might need oh i'm so broken up by this i think it's that's just so funny he's yeah. so funny also robin i i, I think oh, yeah. Chris is fantastic. yeah dick grayson is that goes without great. saying which is why i didn't <laughs> say it <laughs> um okay so last two things to talk about rating on a scale of west ender to actual good movies where would you put this one let's put it on a scale of West Ender to 95, since it came out in 95. It's a space jam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. A four out of 95? Well, out of... Well, I was thinking out of 10. Okay, 10 so 40? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 okay, out of 95. Okay, cool. 40 out of 95. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like four out of ninety-five. I was like, "Geez, no, no four forty. I'm sorry, I put you through this, honey. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, final thoughts slash: Would you have sought this out on your own? Probably not. No. Ever. Could you see yourself watching it again? Sober? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Could you see yourself watching it again? Not necessarily sober. With a group of friends and drinks. Or and, if you yeah. came home and I like had it on or something like that. Yeah, if you had it on, the I would, rest of it. Yeah, because okay. I know it now. So yeah. it'd be like, oh my God, let's watch this. But I just, it honestly, Nicole Kidman, just with her whole like, oh, my whole per- 
performance is just me being enamored with Batman and Bruce. Ah, like no, I, I don't think I would voluntarily <laughs> watch that. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. That is fair. It is funny because he actually gets me getting into this character. It's like, and she like leans, and you can probably hear it. I'll hear it tomorrow whenever I listen to this to edit it. Like she actually like leans in close to the microphone yeah. and sounds all, you know. That's could I do my Val Kilmer as you do that? You can do whatever oh, you like, honey. So. Hey, I see you have this uh, doll here. It has it has two faces, and that's like the villain Two Face in this movie. Oh, it's an African dream doll. Do you need help with your dreams, Bruce? Yeah, I keep on having this totally misleading dream about a, a red book. And uh, my dad, he used to drink Coca Cola, and he left one half open in the fridge. And after he died, I went and opened the fridge, and there was a half drink Coca Cola in the fridge. And I realized, oh no, my dad's never going to drink Coca Cola again. That's awful. I just made the dumbest sounding Bruce Wayne. Well, we did say the world's greatest detective failed. The last thing I'll say about it, as far as like, could you see yourself watching again, is um even though you saw that the last act of this took place in Halloween, like they, mm-hmm. they, they had Halloween references literally so they yes. could do a trick or treat gag. And that's yes. It. But, um, so this is technically a Halloween movie. This is one of my weird movies that I love watching, uh, during Christmas time because it's not a Christmas movie. Obvious. Clearly it doesn't have anything to do with Christmas, but I just remember watching it so much at 14, uh, in like November, December leading up to Christmas that in the back of my brain, like if I want to watch, Say whenever I start wanting to watch Christmas movies early and you're like, no, bruh, it's mid-October. What's yes. wrong with you? Yeah. Or even mid-November, what's wrong with you? This is one I can sneak by because it's technically not a Christmas movie, but it invokes Christmas back here. I mean. You know? So I, I just think that's 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 my thing about it. Christmas movie, but without being a Christmas movie. Okay. Okay. So I think that'll wrap it up. This yeah. has been nice. Yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts you want to say? Uh, thank you for listening to video and Fino. You know, my my dad had a coffee cup uh, with Thomas on it, and I can't I can't use it because it says Thomas. My name's not Thomas; it's Bruce. And so, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> why did you say that name? 